Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your commodore of cocktails and master mixologist. Hey, it's June. Happy June, everybody. Uh, Summer has arrived in Seattle, and um, I'm ready for uh, some great barbecues and Trips to Alki Beach and Golden Gardens and Lake Chelan and Walla Walla and Woodenville and Yakima and Natchez Heights and Columbia Gorge and all these great places. Uh, you should get out there. This is the time of year where you can take some time off and it's beautiful weather as typically over there on the other side of the mountains. Um, but uh, Walla Walla's got a big festival uh, this June. It's the um, the World of Merlot. Celebrate Walla Walla, the World of Merlot. That's a three-day event. They've got some big hitters from the world of wine uh, specializing in Merlot from France and California and Washington, of course. Uh, Walla Walla WineAlliance.com. They've got all the information. You can buy a ticket. Uh, it's a great time, good food, lots of smiles, and of course, some tasty juice. Uh, also, coming up on um, that same weekend, if you want to stay local, check out Rose Revival. It's June 18th at uh, Ray's Boathouse. My friend David LeClaire. He is the uh, founder of Seattle Uncorked, and uh, seattleuncorked.com is the website where you get you all the information. That's a great little club. Uh, he puts out these events, probably 20 events a year, and so it keeps you informed of what's uh, happening out in the world of wine, and great opportunities to meet winemakers, enjoy some uh, good food, and see some smiles, and uh, always help a, a good good charity cause. So that's Rosé Revival, June 18th at Ray's Boathouse. And then my friends over at Sip Magazine, uh, Aaron and Kristen, um, invite you to, uh, well, to get your passport for the summer, your passport to SIP. That's passport number two sip.com. Uh, this is a fantastic deal. It's like 40 bucks, and you've got uh, $1,700 worth of wine tastings. It's a great chance to get out there and uh, experience and explore. Um, you get a couple discounts and lots, actually, lots of discounts. So it's $1,700 of value for $39.99. Go to passport to SIP. Com. Well, I'm excited about today's show. As you know that, I'm always excited because it's happy hour, happy hour radio. We're right here at 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. every weekend. Well, I should say every Saturday, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on 570 KVI. If you ever miss a show, you can always go to our website. That's happyhourradio.net. And you can check out, click on some of the past shows. It's uh, all updated and live. So pleased to thank Stacy. Uh, Edwards and Company. She did my website design and um, uh, check it out. I'd love some feedback. If you have a question about stuff, send us an email to ask at happyhourradio.net. Well, my two great guests here, I have uh, the lovely Tracy McFarlane, who is a Washington wine industry professional. She uh, worked for one of the prestigious wineries in Washington and is still doing that. And also have um, a local friend. He is the, uh, the president of the board of the West Seattle Food Bank and owner-founder of Viscon Cellars. That's Ben Viscon coming up on the show. And right now, Tracy McFarlane, welcome to Happy Hour. Hello, Christopher. It's great to see you. Oh, well, welcome. I'm, I'm glad you're in studio. Uh, we've had some fun throughout the years and uh, uh, just recently over the Celebrity Waiters Luncheon, which was a great time last month. And uh, I'm so excited to uh, get your perspective. It's great to have some of the women in our wine industry here in Washington to share their perspective. Well, let's talk about how you got started in the wine industry. 
My word. Uh, it starts several years ago. I, I really was in the restaurant industry for quite a long time, and I owned a wine bar for about 12 years up in Mukilteo. So uh, due to the economy about five years ago, uh, no, actually about seven years ago, I... Took on a, took, yeah, seems like took, fine, I but. know, right? I took on a second job as a buyer for QFC. So I was buying wines for them and then um, was very fortunate to have uh, the next four years with Long Shadows. So I had a great training through Long Shadows. I'm, I'm now going on to doing different contract work for several different wineries, uh, loving every minute of it, meeting great people, tasting some of the best juice ever. So having a lot of fun. Well, that's great. We have a, a very special specialized industry, but it's it's all about good people who work real hard. And of course, we have uh, our, our own rewards with uh, great juice and uh, always a lot of good food and typically good weather. I mean, that's the beauty oh, of absolutely. Uh, the Washington State, the perfect climate for wine. Let's talk about Long Shadows for a moment. Long Shadows is really a hybrid style of wine uh, project uh, started by the uh, um, former uh, executive vice president of Shadow San Michel, Alan Shoup. He is a longtime California wine executive, came up here to help uh, um, put Shadow San Michel and all of the other uh, properties uh, in, in line with uh, becoming a world-class, global-dominant Washington wine organization, and they certainly have done that. And he, he left the company to start uh, Long Shadows vintners. So let's just t- tell me about that. You know, Alan, Alan's vision was to really go around and, and cherry pick the best vintners in the world. Um, and, and he was really very successful at doing that. So Long Shadows uh, has seven wines, seven different, actually nine different winemakers because a couple of them are collaborative. Oh, yeah. um, and so he, he really did get the best of the best. It's a dream team of winemakers. And then, of course, at the helm is Gilles Nicole from Avignon, France, who is an amazing, gifted winemaker and truly a great great guy. So with him at the helm and and making everything happen, they've got seven absolutely stellar wines. Uh, First vintage is 2003 of all those wines. Mm. Um, One white Five, uh, one white, five reds. Um, really beautiful. I mean, with names like Randy Dunn and Michelle Roland. And yeah, Randy Dunn, a uh, famous Napa Valley Cabernet absolutely. Sauvignon producer. Michelle Roland, who uh, really changed the world and, and almost, I believe he coined the phrase or became the uh, the icon mm-hmm. for the jet set winemaker, right? Absolutely. And uh, who else you've got? Uh, Armand Deal. Armand Deal. Um, From would- the Rheingau, right? Actually, yeah. No, he, false. Uh, Schlossgut deal. Yeah. And then we have um, uh, John Duval from, from um, Penfolds, Penfolds, the iconic Grange. He made you Grange know? for Absolutely. 15 plus years yes. in Australia. Yes. Um, there's... Uh, An Italian guy, the, the Fulinari family. Fulin- it's uh, Ambrosia and Giovanni Fulinari, who are yeah. a father and son team at a Chianti. Yeah, so it, it's really, I mean, it's an amazing project. Alan has, uh, you know, as you know, he's a trailblazer in the state of Washington. Right, so. and almost in America. I don't know anyone else who did that prior to no. having inviting world-class winemakers from different regions to, to, to utilize our state's, state's fruit or even, you know, the California fruit. So it's really pretty neat. Absolutely. And it's in- also interesting to know that Shadow San Michel just recently announced that they are venturing out on a project, which is really cool because um, Washington is... is the largest Syrah producer, I think, in the country mm. now. Maybe not. I know California's got a lot of acreage. But um, by bringing in these uh, famous uh, 
Northern Rhone producers of Cote Roti and Hermitage, mm-hmm. uh, they're really focusing on that new old world style, or I should say the old world style of winemaking to new world style of fruit. So it should be a fantastic partnership. We've seen the success for Long Shadows Vintners and obviously um, premium brands, premium wines. And if you ever get a chance, you must go out to Walla Walla and check out Long Shadows Vintners. they got a beautiful tasting facility and more. And uh, well, let's speak of the tasting rooms, um, Tracy. Let's talk about... Uh, tasting room etiquette. I know we've got all these tasting rooms and a lot of people are getting into wine and it's fantastic and that's that's part of the exploration and the adventure. Um, but tell me a couple simple rules that everyone should know about tasting rooms when you head there. What do you wear? How do you dress? Uh, how do you act? And uh, do you wear your best perfume or not? <laughs> you absolutely do not wear any perfume whatsoever. Um, and you don't wear white <laughs> and you try to avoid heels if you're going to be doing some walking, which, as you know, in Woodenville, there's there's so many in one specific area. So it's a full day. It's a full day in just a very small distance. So um, dress comfortably. Um, be patient. Uh, the weekends are uh, rough. There are long lines, a lot of crowds. Uh, it's pretty amazing what's happening there. But etiquette, for sure, no perfume. It's something that I, I find it so awesome that we're still talking about that. <laughs> yeah, it's always a good reminder because people want to go out and dress up and if that's part of the routine. Yeah. For every place else in the world, it's a, it's appropriate. Uh, um, although I was at a reception the other night and <laughs> I could smell some great perfume when, and I'm passing wine. Anyway, but tasting etiquette, <laughs> yeah, so dress comfortably, um, wear sensible shoes so you can walk around and maximize your time. Um, keep the cologne and perfumes uh, to zero or a minimum um, at least. Um, and uh, be patient, of course, and be polite. This is supposed about having fun. Smile, enjoy yourself. I know that sometimes the traffic, you know, that's part of life. So take a couple deep breaths, you know, let all that stress go away. And then, uh, um, well, pay for the tasting and, you know, realize that this wine costs money. Absolutely. And, you know, you do get a lot of that. Um, people always want to revisit and revisit and revisit. And it, it absolutely costs the wineries a lot of money. And some of these guys are very small, very small boutique wineries. And and so, yes, um, please be respectful of the winery and the fact that they're open and able to, to deliver this is fantastic. So um, don't abuse the, uh, you know... <laughs> Be generous with your yes. uh, patience yes. and your smiles and uh, appreciate yes. uh, the the one or two people working in the tasting room. That's important. And no, notice that when you look around, it's typically clean. It should always be clean and, and well lit and nice stemware. So they're they're giving you a first class experience. So that's something you got to recognize. And uh, hopefully all of our listeners will appreciate that. Well, I have the pleasure of speaking with Tracy McFarlane, who's a Washington wine professional. Been in the business for a long time, owner of a wine bar and a buyer for one of the great supermarkets here with their wine uh, selections, and and then off to working for one of the great uh, wineries in in Washington and more. So you have a new project now, Tracy? Yes, um, I'm helping out uh, Den Hodes. Den Hodes, it's Bill and Andy Den Hode. Uh, They're just fantastic individuals. They have their own label now called Den Hode. Uh, Two wines, uh, total production is about 400, so very boutique. Uh, One wine is a blend that is made by Rob Newsom from Boudreaux Cellars. Cool. Rob's great. He's up in Leavenworth and Icicle Creek Road. Crazy Cajun. <laughs> Crazy Cajun. He's wild. <laughs> He's awesome. And then the other wine is 100% Cabernet, and that's made by Gilles Nicole at Long Shadows. Ah, very good. Um, so we'll 
what's interesting is Denhode is not just like a new cat in, in the biz. Uh, and the Denhode family is uh, one of our great farming families in East of the Cascades. So what do you know about the farming family? So uh, their parents, Marie and Andreas, they purchased this land back in in 97, started planting grapes in 98. Um they have about 900 planted acres now, and it's it's right on the Columbia River, Horse Heaven Hills. It's mm-hmm. Kowalula Gap. If you haven't been, I'm sure you have, Christopher. Have you? The, I drive the, past it all the time. Oh my word! It is the most beautiful vineyard. It's just absolutely stunning. Um, they source a lot of their fruit uh, to some pretty big names like Quilcita Creek like Long Shadows, um, but then they now are making their own wine and, and wanting to grow it a little bit. You know, it's not their 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 first um, business. They have other businesses, but they do like having their own label. So they're looking at possibly bringing on a Chardonnay, um, but it's a spectacular site, um, really a cab site. Um, so they're planting more and more Cabernet. And so for the Den Hodes, um, they plan on in 2012, they switched over. So Marie's View, which is now the blend by Rob Newsom, yes. it will be also 100% cab. Interesting. Just very stylistically different than the one that, that Gilles does for him, which is Andreas. So um, it'll be fun to see how that turns out. But I, interesting. I'm interesting. You move away from the blend and go to the dueling cabs. And they did that because it really these vineyards are spectacular for Cabernet. Yeah. It's, it is the most beautiful grape there. Um, so once they get this these two different Cabernets out, seeing the different expressions with two stylistically totally different winemakers is going to be fantastic. And what was the first vintage for them? Uh, 2004. Really? Yeah. Okay, small production from very the get-go. Small. Well, very cool. Speaking with Tracy McFarlane, uh, Washington wine industry professional, and now working for the Denhode family uh, and their uh, great wines, which we'll be tasting after this break. Uh, and also coming up on the show, I've got Ben Viscon, who is the president, founder, uh, chief winemaker, deliverer, bottle washer. So many titles when you're uh, a small business winery. Uh, for Viscon Cellars over in West Seattle, that's my neck of the woods. And uh, we come back from this break, we'll get back to some diving into these two great Great Denhode wines. I'm sure they're great. When you talk about Wallula Grap and the Horse Seven Hills, you got great vineyards. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Lars Larson has the real story. Weekdays, 6 to 9 p.m., only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Talk Radio 570 KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, time for another round. Round two here on Happy Hour Radio, and so pleased you're joining us. Hopefully uh, you're at home pouring something great in your glass and cooking up some good food and having some friends. And uh, thanks for tuning in. I uh, invite you to uh, send us a tweet if you are in the Twitter sphere. It's at Happy HR Radio. I'll tweet you back. And remember the website, happyhourradio.net. It's got all of our guests, all of our past shows, and uh, it's pretty cool. So check it out. Um, right now I'm going to check out these great Denhode ones. 
Wines with Tracy McFarlane, Washington Wine Industry Professional. She's now working for um, Bill and Andy Denhode, who uh, started planting in 97 over in the Horse Heaven Hills, which is... Um, what town is that? Just past Prosser, right? Is that Correct. Prosser? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. So uh, the first wine, what do, I, what do I have in my glass, Tracy? So this is our 08 vintage of Marie's View. So this is a blend. I've got 37% Cab, 33 Syrah, 12 Merlot, 6 uh, of Petit Verdot, Cab Franc, and Sangiovese. Oh, wow. That's old world. <laughs> yeah, very much so. That's that's really wild. That's not what I expected because I know Washington wines can be very, uh, very ripe. Um, and uh, sometimes we have to correct that ripeness with a little extra acidity. And I'm always affected by that or I'm sensitive to that. But this wine first struck me. This has more development and it's an 08. Mm-hmm. I guess it shows it well. But what I got right off the bat was the um, the certain, the true cab character here. You get uh, some touch of herbs, a very faint dry tobacco, um, some dark uh, black cassis, um, blackberry, black plum, and those fruits are ripe but dry. Very much so. Yeah. Absolutely. And the tannin here, um, it's a very refined, uh, integrated um, grape tannin. I get a little oak on it. I, uh, this oak, it's hard to say. I think it's French oak, but it's uh, um, 50% new. It is. It's 50% new, 50% neutral. Woohoo! <laughs> very yeah. good, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's remember it's advanced sommelier, and I'm advancing mm-hmm. myself with this grape. So you said 37 cab, mm-hmm. 33 Syrah, 12 Merlot. And then six of each Petit Verdot, Verdot, Cab Franc, and Sangiovese. Interesting. I would not have guessed there was Syrah in there. Um, That's that's a great masking agent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know Washington is... And that's why Sam Michelle is working on getting these international cats to, to make some great Syrah because we are we've got lots of Syrah. Yes, we um, do. And so you'll find them always uh, snuck into some of our blends. And uh, what a delicious wine! It's it is showing its its age well. It's um, obviously um, a youthful wine, but it's showing this great maturity and development. Um, what does this wine run, and where can people get it? So this wine retails for eighty dollars. You can get this at. Um, a lot of the high-end boutique uh, wine bar, bottle shops like McCarthy Pete's and Shearing, McCarthy and Shearing, absolutely, Esquim, yeah. yes, all of those have it, um, and a few of the high-end restaurants as well. So uh, it's not something you're going to find typically in a cellar in a grocery store. Not 400 cases anyway. No, not not so much. Um, but again, uh, it's it's about 200 cases of this. It's it's sure. 400 between the two, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not out there um, in every in every place. But so who made this one? This is Boudreaux Sellers. Yeah, Rob, Rob Newsom. Newsom. Wow. Yes. yes. Really cool. And it's very Rob Newsom, I, I think. I, I can definitely um, see the similarities in his style of winemaking. So... Is it a little wild? It's a little, a little crazy. A little bit of sauvage? It's, it's really fantastic. I got that out the bat, yeah. too. It yeah. has this, uh, um, well, interesting je ne sais quoi character about it where it's like, hmm, there's something a little more natural to this wine, I think. Exactly. Than all the polish we uh, get used to with uh, those expensive wines. And it's a great price. But wow, what an experience. I mean, just the first sip, and it's my first sip of the day, or I should say of <laughs> the evening. And there'll be many more, don't worry, folks. Um, the uh, 2008 Maria's View Denhode Blend. Correct. Okay. 80 bucks. You can find it at uh, Pete's and uh, Esquin and hopefully uh, McCarthy and Shearing, et cetera. Or do you have a website? 
We do. What's we the do. website? Denhode.com. Denhodewines.com. And you spell D-E-N-H-O-E-D. Correct. Wines.com. Denhode Wines. All right. So that's a great example of winemaking from Rob Newsom. And the next wine is made, uh, it's 100% Cabernet Sauvignon? Correct. It's 2010 vintage. What's this called? Just Cab or does it have a name? Andreas. Andreas. Okay. After Named their father. Named after the father. Great. The Cabernet is often referred to as the big the, the big papa of the red wine world and next to Nebbiolo. Uh, <laughs> so 2010 vintage, um, a little cooler in Washington State. Very uh, nice. The first cool vintage, which is 11, was even more cool. So I'm expecting this to be um, some greater natural acidity, uh, a little bit of more herbal character. But uh, you tell me what I'm supposed to taste. Uh, you hit it on the nose. Absolutely. That herbal character is going to be there. A little bit of more tobacco leather as well. Definitely some earthy notes, but some really rich dark fruit as well. Um, Gilles always considered this to be uh, as close to a Frenchy wine, quoting him. Uh, so it, it's really a, a beautiful wine that can probably sell her for about 10 years. Wow. Wow. Uh, this wine is just effusive in my mouth it's it's big it's bold but it's um there's elegance power it's the velvet glove the traditional iron fist in the velvet glove um a great weight this is kind of a show-stopping wine i'm i'm really impressed is to our friends over at Quilcita Creek and Woodward Canyon and um, Boudreaux Cellars and Pepperbridge. This is world-class Cabernet Sauvignon. It absolutely is. Wow, it, 100%. And I love that about cabs. When they're 100%, it's fantastic. It's just because that's the beauty of it. This is all me, baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> about 90% of this comes from one specific block as well. So, But it's all Wallula Gap. And this, this is exactly why they're wanting to plant more and more cab and uh, also bring on a second cab. Wow. Denhold Cellars or Denhold Wines, right? Denholdwines.com. Denhold mm -hmm. um, the Andreas, I'm taking this as 100 plus. Oh, that's fantastic. We're waiting for 100 uh, out of Wallula for sure. Uh, and it's what, worthy. Yeah, I bet. And so where would, uh, what does this retail for? Same, $80. Oh, that's a deal. It is a bargain. If you love Quilcita <laughs> Creek, if you love Leonetti, you got to get your hands on this because this is a fantastic Cabernet Sauvignon. It really is. Well, so fun. Uh, Trace McFarlane, great to chat up with you, and thanks for your great uh, wine tasting etiquette tips over at the tasting rooms. And uh, thank you also for sharing Denhold Wines. Thank you, Christopher. It's my pleasure. Oh, so fun. Um, yummy, yummy. Well, Ben Viscon, we had a great time at the West Seattle Food Bank Instruments of Change Gala um, last month, and I'm so excited to welcome you to Happy Hour Radio. Radio. Thanks for having me. I love it. You know, I stand in the studio here because I get to move around and, and get my energy going. I see you standing too. Yeah, makes it more comfortable. <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, quickly how you got started into wine. Sure. I uh, got started into wine just basically as a uh, avid consumer uh, back in the, well, the early 2000s. Moved to Seattle uh, in uh, 1997. From? Uh, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. So had some neighbors that were really in the uh, into the Washington wines. They were... They worked for the uh, Met Metropolitan Grill as well as the Four Seasons husband and wife team. Started having us over for yummy dinners and introducing Washington wines to us. Were they commuters? Is that what it was? They were snowbirds or something? No, they lived. They just uh, worked for one was a server at the Met and when the other was a, a chef at the Four Seasons when it was. Oh, the, you mean in Seattle, in not Seattle. in Arizona? I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, once okay. we moved up here, yeah, got it. And uh, they would always have us over for just great dinners and great wines, and so it just really opened up my understanding of what is going on here in Washington. This is, again, in the late 90s. Uh, so we went over to uh, Walla Walla with them for a spring release weekend, 
and just were blown away. Again, what year was that? That was 1997. Oh, great. That was the early days. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just a handful of wineries there, but doing great stuff. So got exposed to great wines as such as Leonetti and then uh, ran into this little little hole in the wall place that uh, uh, called Cayuse that uh, <laughs> with this little French guy running around trying to tell people to drink his wine. And uh, so we signed up for his wine club and, and then, you know, all these years later, it's been closed. But uh, so we're still. In oh, the, you got in early. Or oh, you yeah, number seventeen on the list. Yeah. Oh, wow! So just, uh, just Good happened for you. To, How fortuitous! Because right place uh, at the right time. Ninety-seven was his really initial year when he opened up that iconic yellow yep. French-looking uh, little closet of a tasting room yeah. which is never open but it's nice and colorful it always looks good and yeah. uh, I, I hosted Christophe Baron who is the, the, the little Frenchman from uh, the Champagne region actually yep. is where he hails from and so his family is in go figure he uh, he saw those rocks in the in the region and yep. said this looks like the yep. uh, Chateauneuf de Pop and planted and now he he put Washington on the map for uh, world-class Syrah, and we've exactly. been lucky to have that, and um, we need to get him on air, so uh, send him a note, number 17. <laughs> you should have some pull, right? You're top 20. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really cool. So um, you finally, you know, you got on this great allocation list, yep. and then you started tasting these world-class wines, and um, I know... Remember what those wines cost back then? Too? Oh, thirty-five dollars. Yeah, yeah and which was high for Washington because we still, you know, we're a modest group. We're really Midwesterners sure. from the you know the Midwest who are just now closer to the ocean. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, well, when did you kind of get interested in um, you know pressing some grapes? Sure. In two thousand four, I uh, was experimenting with just. Uh, you know, I'd find 100 pounds of grapes here and 100 pounds of grapes there from you would well, well, from fellow winemakers that okay. uh, that I was friends with and uh, was able to just kind of start doing some stuff on my own, kind of garage-type approach. Um, well, for, for um, perspective, tell our listeners, what how big is 100 pounds of grapes? Is that like a one of those milk carts, or is that... It is probably a, about as big as, a, say, like a large ice chest full of grapes, if okay. you Okay. Yeah. Oh. And then that'll probably yield you about five gallons of actual juice once you're fermented and pressed so not a whole lot so i uh started playing around making wine um like i said five gallons at a time just experimenting self-taught um and then started getting uh serious really in late 2005 um and went back to school for uh, winemaking uh, in california uh, in 2006 2006 you got an education in wine yep which is cool here we are. Wow, Ben Viscon with Viscon Cellars. That's a great story. When we come back from this break, we're going to start uh, talking about your wine because I'm eager to taste uh, this experiment that you uh, yeah. now put for commercials. Stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. The home of the great one, Mark Levin. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, time for round three. Welcome back. And speaking of three, this is actually show... Happy Hour Radio Show number 63. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the support from our uh, partners and special guests. And uh, special guest here right now is Ben Viscon, a West Seattle guy who came up from Arizona and uh, found his way to Walla Walla and then started 
finding grapes along the road of <laughs> winemakers around town in 2004. Went to school down at UC Davis, which is uh, the premier uh, winemaking facility knowledgeist in viticulture uh, school down in California. Of course, we have a couple here with Washington State and Walla Walla and South Seattle, um, but UC Davis was first. So, um, Ben, you studied stuff. What did you learn? What was the first thing you learned about making wine? Um, the proper way to <laughs> <laughs> conduct a fermentation, probably. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Temperature and uh, how N- to nutrients mo- and nutrients. all those sorts of things, yeah. Well, interesting. We talk about nutrients because we typically think yeast eats sugar, makes alcohol, CO2, and glycerin, and it's all done. Not so, yeah. Not so. What, is, what else is there? Vitamin V12 or a little... Uh, nitrogen, lots of nitrogen in there to kind of help bring things along. And uh, Washington tends to run a lot, a lot lower in yan, which is the uh, nitrogen needed to help fermentation push through, so we have to add it during the winemaking process. Interesting. So there's really about a pH balance, too, because Absolutely. I think you need that for the yeast to be strong and Absolutely. virile and continue uh, their beautiful work in the must. So um, you brought red grapes, I imagine, your first time. I did, yes. Because uh-huh, that's just easier to do, and sure. you talk about fermentation, and you can press it off. How did you press the wine when you first got started? I have a little basket press that I used. Um, I crushed it uh, with a with a friend's crusher that uh, I was able to use, a small little crusher, uh, fermented in these big 35-gallon brute tanks and, uh, you know, kind of garbage-can-looking things. And, yeah. uh, just sort of just playing around, but uh, that was my initial go-around. That's it. how and, it all starts. That's oh, the yeah, Giroge totally. model. You exactly. know, you got a $20 plastic bin that can exactly. hold it. And yeah. Well, um, I see you've got some, you brought some wine. Tell yep. us about this first wine I see. So this first wine is 100% Chardonnay. It's called The Betrayal. And it's from a small little vineyard in Prosser, Washington, called DeMonico Vineyards. And uh, Jason and Jill DeMonico also have a winery in Ballard uh, here in Seattle, a small little family winery called DeMonico Cellars. And uh, I oh, bought yeah. these grapes from them uh, back in 2013. And uh, this is 2013 vintage then? Yep. Oh, so your first expression of Chardonnay. Yep, first time. And did you drink a lot of Chardonnay to sort of figure out how you wanted to make Chardonnay? Did you say, you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to pick it, press it, and... No, I uh, we whole cluster pressed this one directly out of the vineyard, and really it was kind of a uh, quick labor of, oh gosh, I need a white, I don't have a white in my lineup, and uh, was working with Jason that year, kind of working at his winery in Prosser, and uh, went out to the vineyard, and I said, you know, I'm short a white this year, and he says, well, I have a couple tons of Chardonnay, would you consider that? So I, we, we crushed, uh, we whole, whole cluster pressed two tons of Chardonnay the next morning, um, and then I began fermentation on this one. So I didn't have did any... Did you crush it at the vineyard? Uh, we did, yeah, right wow. there at the vineyard. Yeah. And we you just, have we tanks whole, or whole something? cluster pressed it. Yeah, pumped it into tanks and brought it back down to this side. So, And then began fermentation on this side. So uh, this particular wine, um, uh, you know, I wasn't a huge Chardonnay fan, but <laughs> a, a lot of people asked for Chardonnay. And then I think <laughs> Chardonnay is kind of a polarizing grape, if or, you know, varietal, if you will. Uh, you have those that want the oak and the butter, and then you have those that want just Chablis, clean stainless steel. Minerality. Yeah, give me the minerality and, and such. So when I built this wine, I tried to build this one right in between that. So it was aged uh, 14 months on new French oak. Um, it did go through malolactic fermentation, so you get a little bit of that warmth, a little bit of that creaminess. Um, it's got a lot of apricot and cantaloupe going through. Um, just a nice, easy drinking wine that pairs well with food as well by the glass. The Betrayal, that's an interesting name. It almost sounds uh, sort of uh, anti-establishment. Sort of, yeah. The quick story on that one is that uh, when uh, my friends at DeMonico's bought the vineyard out in Proster back in 2012, it was a uh, established vineyard for 35 years, so it was a mature, formerly called Dennis Carter Vineyards. And uh, he and his wife picked one varietal on the land to do basically nothing with. They pulled the Chardonnay off and let it natively ferment, 
um, and they let it uh, ferment naturally, no malolactic fermentation, put it in stainless steel tanks, natural filtration, put it in a bottle. And they called theirs the oath, like do no harm. So I did just the opposite. So I, I forced <laughs> fermentation. I put it through malolactic fermentation, a secondary uh, fermentation, put it in brand new French oak barrels, and I, you know, find and filtered and all those things that we're supposed to do. So his was called the oath, mine's called the betrayal. Interesting. I want to try this in five years. I want to see how this develops because uh, the new French oak is really coming out in the palate. I think it's yep. hiding some of the fruit at this yep. point. Uh, so it probably needs um, some bottle age. And uh, uh, it's exciting. And I think what you'll find, too, when you drink this wine is that you will sort of get perspective on where what you want to do because it sounds like you followed the crowd. People wanted Chardonnay, and then some people wanted this, and you, you're kind of a moderate person on this this first venture. So yeah. we'll see how it shows in five years. Sounds next good. wine is this next wine is a uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. It's ninety eight percent Cab and two percent uh, Merlot on this one. Uh, so the fruit comes from um, both uh, two different vin- uh, vineyards from uh, Horse Heaven Hills. One one in Horse Heaven Hills, um, Alder Ridge Vineyard. And the second vineyard is a Lewis Family Vineyard out in Prosser. Washington. And how long have you been making this particular wine? Called the... Long Road Red. Long Road Red. Yeah. Vintage is 2011. 11. So nice, okay. cold, growing year. Hot, yeah. Lots of hang time. And Har- so this is your third vintage of this wine, or...? Uh, well, I've... Yeah, this is my first release of this wine. We were bonded winery in 2011. I've since made that in 12, 13, and now 14. Got it. Mm. Okay. This is showing your winemaking chops here. <laughs> um, you've got some polish, some good acidity, obviously, from the vintage. Yep. Um, the blend is um, moderately complex. Um, very pleasant. What does this uh, retail for? 24 24 yeah. That's great. That's a, uh, a good aperitif wine, but also um, with the acidity, especially 2011 vintage, mm-hmm. you got the tan and the acid uh, complexity to, to pair well with food. And I think the Long Road Red is, uh, the Long Road Red is um, a great, uh, fun name, and um, uh, 24 bucks. it's definitely worth it. How much was your production? How, how much production? Yeah. Uh, of this particular wine, I did like 125 cases. 125 so cases. So not a whole lot. And your tasting room is where? In West Seattle on California Avenue, 5910 California Avenue. California Avenue. California Avenue is a great street. It runs from all the way from uh, basically the the base of uh, Salties or the uh, West Seattle Water Taxi all the way down to uh, I want to say the almost uh, past Roxbury. I think so. Yeah, it's like a, a little further fifteen south, mile yeah. road main road in West Seattle. It is. Uh, so your tasting room is open when we're open Fridays five to nine and Saturdays two to seven. Fridays five to nine, perfect timing. Yep, exactly. Enough work. That Check it out. Going. All my West Seattle friends, you got to head over there yep. and uh, obviously try the uh, Long Road Red. And what's the next wine you brought? We have uh, another wine. It's a uh, Syrah, ninety-eight percent Syrah and two percent Cab Sauve from Lewis Family Vineyard in Prosser. Interesting. From yeah, Lewis is great for making Syrah, and so I know that uh, um, the Dunham family uh, put out a Lewis Syrah. I think they're one of the first to, to use that vineyard and. It caught on with a lot of the great winemakers in Walla Walla. Uh, so, Viscon Cellars. Do you have a website, Ben? Is it uh, ViscondCellars.com? Exactly, ViscondCellars.com. Cool. So, uh, the tasting room is on California Avenue, West Seattle. And are you, like, the only tasting room in West Seattle? There's two other ones. I'm part of the, the Seattle Urban Wineries group, so there's oh, okay. about 20-plus wineries. Uh, there's one uh, down on Alki and then one... Um, uh, on California, a little north on California Avenue. All right, we can do the loop. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very good. So tell me about this Syrah. So this Syrah is 98% Syrah um, and 2% Cab Sauve, both from the Lewis Family Vineyard, 2011. So this uh, this does pack that uh, that that black pepper that you get from a from a Syrah. It's got a little bit of that Cab Sauve to kind of give it some guardrails to work within. Um, nice, soft. It was uh, uh, 50% French oak, 50% neutral oak for 18 months. 
Uh, nice job. Thank you. Yeah, I think 11 is, is uh, a hallmark vintage for Washington Syrah. I think we get everything we want, uh, natural acidity, um, the, the verve and the um, expression of the, the grape with the blue, purple, and some black fruit flavors there. Obviously, you get the pepper, mm-hmm. the violet, a little bit of the garrigue, which we you know we try to say it's it's kind of French in, in the Northern Rhone style and Southern Rhone too. But um, the fifty percent French oak is uh, um, a great mark. I mean, just enough to give you that uh, exotic texture of, of the spice that the French oak provides, and also air, allow some oxidation. And, and with eleven, I think you need some of that oxidation just of course, sort of yeah. to work down that acid and the tannin. Um, but neutral oak is also important because you get no flavor. You get just this great uh, this winemaking texture which oak provides and you can't get it from stainless steel so um this is the 2011 viscon cellar syrah that's correct and it's cost is retail uh, 28 20 bucks mm-hmm. so how many mother wines do you make you do the chardonnay the betrayal you do the long road red and you do the i have a uh, merlot um and then i have another Kebsov uh syrah blend called black black yeah oh right on yeah. you trademarking these um, right, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's part of the game as all these new wineries pop Absolutely. up and uh, find their find their moment of epiphany to get back in the biz or into the biz. And you switched your careers. What was your previous career? My previous career most recently is I worked in the advertising business, um, and I left that about three months ago, and now I'm focusing on uh, winemaking full-time and have been busier than ever. It's awesome. still advertising, aren't you? I mean, yeah, it's, it's all marketing. It's all advertising. It's, marketing. it's the product, too, though. Very cool. Speaking with Ben Viscon, the owner of Viscon Cellars, the tasting rooms on California Avenue in West Seattle by Juno Street, I think. That's it is, Juno and Raymond, yeah. Yep, I'm a local West Seattle guy, too. Grew up there. Uh, lots of fun. Well, I'm enjoying tasting your wines. We come back from this break. We're going to chat a little bit uh, with my group, my guest, Tracy McFarland, the Washington Wine Industry Professional, and Ben Viscon of Viscon Cellars. So stick around. Uh, if you have any questions about these wines, you can go to uh, visconsellers.com or denhodewines.com from our friend Tracy, who's here. Uh, or if you have any questions for me, it's ask at happyhourradio.net. So stick around. We'll be right back. Breaking down the big stories. Len Beck, weekdays 9 to noon on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right. <laughs> Time for our last round, round four. And uh, I'm going to call this segment our, our group gulp. <laughs> Inviting my guests, Tracy McFarland, the Washington Wine Professionals, worked at Long Shadows and now works for DenhodeWines.com. And the winemaker, founder, former advertising executive, Ben Viscon of Viscon Cellars in West Seattle. So, um, Ben, uh, we were tasting the Denhode wines earlier, and I want to get your perspective on the uh, Maria's View. That wine, to me, has just amazing varietal characteristics coming through. Um, it's got the great tannins and the great acid coming through. Um, I do think, you know, this is 2008, so it's been down for a while. Um, I, I think this, like you said, would sustain for another 10, 15 years. Um, and then just some of those tannins will break down a little bit better and uh, still very, very drinkable right now. It's definitely a food one, though. Isn't Absolutely. It? Isn't that, that uh, grilled ribeye kind of wine? That's exactly what I'm thinking. Maybe a little peppercorn sauce in that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and especially with that cab. Let's talk yeah. about the 2010 uh, Andre's Cabernet Sauvignon. To me, that one just it just hits you, I mean, from the nose to the palate just hit you with the fruit it was you could just smell it you could taste it and pay it off a little like you said that that velvet glove very very soft um i think it it is a uh very drinkable right now 
Um, and again, I think that would be a very, very fair food uh, pairing as well for, for uh, on that wine. Yeah, that's definitely um, a big girl, big yeah. boy wine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's, they're high quality, which is very exciting to come out. And, you know, as a new winery, um, obviously they have some resources to hire some, some winemakers who have been doing the business. Um, and uh, what's also fun, we've got the contrast here. So we've got uh, uh, some great resources. But we have uh, the guy, um, Ben Viscon, who started out um, with a passion and followed it. And so, uh, Tracy, let's talk about this Long Road Red from Viscon Cellars. That was a 2012? That was a 2011. 2011. Okay. You know, I think this is a really a, a very nice, pretty, approachable wine right now. It's it's a, a great, um, a great every night fruit forward. I every think this night, is, say it. Put great, it every out night. there. Every night. Every wine. night of the week. No, I think that um, you know it's got really the nice fruit forward, approachable. Uh, I think this is a wine that most people are looking for. Yeah. It's uh, it covers all the bases. Um, Absolutely, you know, from the nose, the the soft tannins, uh, the complexity, um, and this the yum factor. Good mm-hmm. stuff. That's twenty four bucks. <laughs> Can I uh, use that yum factor? Can I use that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Considering X factor's gone, and I think they canceled Idol. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I always like about the yum factor. I talked about the Rainer Club. There's always has to have that. Mmm, I like this moment because we can try to. People don't have time or the willingness to sort of dive into a wine and try to figure it out. Sometimes you just got to have that. Ah, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I'm relaxing now. Uh, and so the 2011 Syrah yes. uh, from Viscon Cellars, um, quite notable because I think this is, Washington has reached its uh, the new standard for, for how our wine should show. And I know vintage, vintage variation will definitely, um, you know, have its effect on, on different uh, producers, et cetera. And their winemaking style will evolve as always, but... I like the freshness in this wine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love the the black pepper. It's very apparent. It's uh, got the, all those good earthy notes that we love about Syrah. I think it's tasting great. It is great. And that's $28 at uh, visconsellers.com. Well, so fun. Uh, I really enjoyed um, um, tasting both of these wines, and uh, I love the fact that we can get different perspective. I know it's easy to be complimentary because we're all here in the same room, but um, we try to be, well, we are truthful. I mean, this is just a chance to talk about the wines and give you some perspective, and I... I can't believe how fortunate I am to have so many great guests with good products and um, good winemaking. And um, <laughs> there's something called hygiene in wine, and these wines are nice and clean. And obviously, we can. There's some wines that uh, you know struggle with some of the the, the wildness, the sauvage, the Britannomyces, and the other factors that um, affect uh, winemaking quality. But um, these wines are very, very clean. So congratulations again. So it's DenhodeWines.com. Correct. Is there a tasting room out there in Wallula? You know, there is not. Um, however, you can taste them at Long Shadows in Woodenville. Oh, okay. Right head up there and mm-hmm. uh, have some. Now, that's quite a flight. Uh, Long Shadows <laughs> and Denho. Uh, that's yes, that's definitely a sit down in those plush leather chairs yeah. that they got in that room. You don't leave disappointed. <laughs> and Ben Viscon, your tasting room is in West Seattle in California, Juneau in California. That's and your, your hours again are? Fridays 5 to 9 and Saturdays 2 to 7. We also do a lot of private events there at the at the tasting room as well. How many people can fit in that room? Oh, 50 to 60. 50 to 60? Yeah, it's pretty big. Comfortably? 1,800 square feet. I mean, you can Sounds put like your party. elbows out? Absolutely, yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great space. Good to know. Uh, and your website is visconsellers.com. Do you sell your wine on the website? I do not. Not as of yet. Not of yet. Okay. Just do the tasting room and the 
handful of restaurants All on right. sale. So you got to go check it out. Yeah. Well, folks, thanks for joining me so much on Happy Hour Radio. It's great to taste your wines, and I appreciate you being here. Um, coming up uh, in this month, it is June. Uh, happy June, everybody. We've got the Rosé Revival, June 18th at Ray's Boathouse. We've got the uh, Celebrate the World of Merlot, or Celebrate Walla Walla, the World of Merlot. It's uh, that same weekend, so you can head out east, or you can stick around and uh, enjoy Rosé, or head out and enjoy Merlot in Walla Walla Wine Alliance. Com. And my friends at uh, SIP Magazine invite you to get that passport. 1700 bucks for only $40. Passport to SIP. That's the number two. Passport to SIP.com. And I uh, hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember, our new website's launched and live. It's happyhourradio.net. Uh, look forward to seeing you next week right here at 570 KVI, 6 to 7 p.m. on Saturdays. And remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers. Cheers.